0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Greyhorn Pagans podcast. It is my pleasure to introduce for the second time another part two, Raven Wolfgar. And we're again going to do a show on tabletop RPG Dungeons and Dragons because he has so much more to tell, so much more to share, and so much has happened in the meantime. So Raven, what you got for us today, bro?
1: All right. So one of the, one of the things that we uh we kind of covered the last time was mostly old it was a lot of old school alternatives to uh modern dungeons and dragons yeah. and and a little history as to why what makes them like old school clones or versions of it and that's kind of where I want to pick up because let me show you this is this is where I grew up on it this is how I got started. And of course I do have some stuff for uh players who are into current uh Dungeons and Dragons, but there was a box set. Uh I think I mentioned this. We used my hero quest game because it had it already had a dungeon map yeah. that you could alter. It had miniatures. That way you could see where you were in relation to the uh, you know, whatever was targeting you.
0: Yeah. But
1: um we used a different universal gaming system on top of that. And that was our first. But then uh, my friend Nick uh, comes from, who lived like 45 minutes away, comes over one weekend and he's like, guys, we're going to do this for real. And I was like, oh, how, how are we going to do that? And he broke out this box. And it was this box. This was Advanced Dungeons & Dragons 2nd Edition this i also had a box set that was the exact same thing but the the cover was different it was just called intro to advanced Dungeons and dragons but this Mm -hmm. was second edition this was first quest and all the stuff that you see right here on the back i don't know how well you can see that because the uh there we go yeah
2: that's better
1: it had all of this included in it um this is of course a this is a print on demand version from drive-through RPG. And one of the things that I, I don't recommend the like the box sets. Just order the PDF. But if you do order the books, this is what you're gonna get. It's every one of the books just kind of piled up together.
2: Okay. Including
1: right. so there, there's the here's the rules book for the players. So Essentially, if you're going to use this to play, you're either going to have to pass this around, mm-hmm. or you're going to have to um, ev- have everybody order a copy. And runs for about twenty to thirty bucks. It's not bad, but again, even with
0: for all of the you um,
1: yeah, but the thing is, like even the Character sheets, the character pre character cards, all of that, even some of the maps are just compiled all into one book. This is I will say this is it's great for nostalgia.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: I have read through this. There was another box set that was picked up. Uh it was this one, Caravico's Kingdom of Magic. All of this was set in a realm called Mistara, which is one of my favorites because it was um it was super diverse like you had a little bit of everything in that in that area. It wasn't just one thing or another. This was another one which was a lot of fun when I played it.
0: Mark of Amber this, looks bet. yeah this one
1: and this was not all that thick. There was there wasn't a lot to that box set. But um this could be like your um like your Hogwarts kind of a deal, only oh. it was an entire kingdom centered around magic. Don't and tell me, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <Keely> <laughs> would love, Keely oh, would love. He would love Glantry. Oh my goodness, oh, so I, she would. I she would gush. Now there was one setting. Um, I want to. I wanted to shine a little bit of light on this because this also happened in uh, AD and D Second Edition, and I remember. Like in the comic books I used to collect, the back pages would feature all these ads for, you know, these games I just showed you. And then this setting came out, and I thought that looks kind of interesting, but I didn't know a lot about it because all I was able to do was I mean, we're talking Dragon Lance, Forgotten Realms, those settings. All I was able to do is look at those ads Mm -hmm. and just appreciate the artwork. That's it. Then I got this big thick sucker here oh
0: okay that's that's a big boy and this is
1: let me tell you this setting it is probably one of the most absolutely brutal most brutal settings anyone could pick up
0: well this dark setting, sun have, it really sounds like it well
1: what it what it is is you have <laughs> a um Long story short, you have a a land that was very green, very fertile,
2: Mm -hmm. and it
1: was inhabited by halflings, halflings who had very magical abilities. They could could kind of bend nature to their will a little bit, but they became greedy, and uh, the environment began to change, and then uh, they had to adapt. Their genealogies had to adapt to survive. Over time, the constant meddling with it made it barren and ah. again they continued to adapt to the point where um some of them became dragon like
2: they went to war to with
1: dragon. each yeah they That's... went to war with each other all but one survived that war and there were these dragon-like kings of a city-state called Tier. Uh, pretty soon, you have a, a feudal structure.
2: Mm-hmm. So now
1: you have you have like very the very wealthy, very powerful, and the very poor. There was like no in between. There there was a slave cast in there. The whole thing, like on top of the environment being oppressive, you have oppressive regimes too. Jeez. And that's yeah. So now your adventurer isn't going through this uh, lush land of magic or this dark realm of ruin they are going through like probably one of the harshest environments imaginable and you know uh, among some very dare i say it morally questionable characters that they have to face and they have you know it, it it opened the door a lot more for adventurers because now adventurers also have to make moral and ethical choices
2: oh you know that
1: wow yeah it like i said when it when i say it's brutal i mean it's like seriously yeah. brutal jeez it's it's, it's not it, it's not a kitty pond oh no definitely not a kitty pond No, dragonlance uh was another setting that one uh spawned a series of novels pretty soon the adventures kind of started falling into into line with the novel so a lot of players say well it was what we call railroady which means Really, you're following a set path mm-hmm. instead of it being an open sandbox where you can kind of go anywhere and do anything. Yeah, okay. This, like, the second edition, that's what I grew up on. That's, what I, that's where I got my real introduction. And that kind of thing was where I was like, this is one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Because Mistar itself is, is a pretty interesting land. Was, as you've seen, they've already got Karamikos in there. You've got Glantry, which was like this Venice-like uh, kingdom where oh, you cool. could go and learn magic. So it really favored the mage a little more. Dragonlance mm. also kind of favored mages, which you know I really kind of like playing the human fighter type, so mm. barbarian or ranger or something like that. But they made me interested in the wizards. You know, and what they could do, and what what they could become. Dark Sun, I never got to look at until recently, and when I looked at it, I went, "Whoa, that's yeah, um, yeah that's it, that's pretty brutal."
0: Yeah, it definitely sounds like it, and and from what I could see real quick on the cover and how you described it, it's it's like the uh, the elites of well of Earth but 10 times as bad. And dragons no. set it on a sort of, it reminded me of a Martian landscape, just red rocks and barren and yeah. desert.
1: And, and you can thank the artist Brahm. Now I'm not a, like, I like Brahm's art, but I wasn't a huge fan. I could only look at it for so long, but now I've, I've kind of understood why. His art style is very stark. I mean, it's, mm. It's very in your face. It's very brutal, yeah. and I I remember there was a there was like a collectible trading card game called Dark Age. I still have the dice from it. I've lost the cards since then, but mm-hmm. it, it, this this game was like Magic: The Gathering meets Dark Sun meets Mad Max with dice. And oh. I only ever had one deck. I don't like I, said, I don't know what happened to it. I still have the dice from it, and I. I'll keep those pretty much
0: for good but, I'd love um, to see a deck of that sounds interesting yeah. just the combination of things
1: oh yeah it's, it it was like the artwork was crazy I still remember there was one card and I can't remember what it was called but it was just a, it's just this guy chilling and of course the sun's beating down but mm-hmm. his hair is nothing but this big inferno and he's sitting there smoking <laughs> a cigarette and I'm like <laughs> Okay. Really, Brahm? Uh, just. I mean, no. Can you just imagine? It's like, oh, I'm going to have a smoke. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, like his hair is not on fire. His hair is fire.
1: No, his hair was fire. Like, it's just this <laughs> massive. <laughs> I was like, well, he's got to sure. worry about where he sleeps at night. I guarantee that.
0: Oh, boy. Like, how, yeah. many houses, how many houses would he have burned down accidentally? Oh,
1: who knows? You know, <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, it's otherworldly and he's not actually burning anything with it. That's his only hope, yeah, um, really. But yeah. And hmm. Talk about Hothead. Oh.
0: <laughs> <Dad> joke? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs>
1: Dad joke? Oh, I've shit. got some. Yeah. It, anyway, um, like, for today, for today's D anD D, Wizards of the Coast puts out. Uh, qu- they put out quite a few adventures, including, um, including like going back to some of them. Just recently, they announced Dragonlance and Spelljammer. Um, uh, Spelljammer is going to be like a free book set. Uh, Dragonlance, I think, is going to be one. Um. I've kind of looked at Dragon Lance and the the trailer on YouTube, and honestly, I don't like. I'm not really. I, I don't know what to make of it, like You're because what I'm not. I'm not exactly sold. Mm-hmm. There is a friend of mine on Twitter, and he is such a Dragon Lance fan. Like he is 100 percent hardcore. He loves Dragon Lance. That is his setting. And you know, uh, again, you're talking to a guy who was absolutely forbidden from buying those books. Yeah. So uh, I had him tell me all about it, mm-hmm. and I caught a I caught an animated uh, movie on YouTube and watched it. All star cast. It had Key for Sutherland, Lucy mm-hmm. Lawless, and several others. Huh? And I watched it with a friend who was into the Dragonlance novels. Mm -hmm. And she was, she was just pointing out characters left and right. Oh, that's Raceland Majer. That one is this one, blah, blah, blah. And when it was over, she was like, it was like meeting old friends again. And I was like, okay, I've got to be missing something here. So yeah, there is the chance. Like I'm open to checking this out. Mm -hmm. The real, the real problem that most of us in the old school have is how wizards of the coast has altered a lot of these settings to include current year sensibilities
0: yeah you and that's talked about that a bit on the uh, on the first podcast like how they give Mm. like um what is it like content warnings and whatever and
1: Yep, and I'll tell you this much: for each and every one of these that I bought, all of all these books right here, Mm -hmm. uh, there is a content. There's a content warning. There's a disclaimer that says that these reflect uh, potentially racist and bigoted attitudes, and that's not who they are. And I'm thinking, but it's it's definitely not going to stop you from making money on it, is it, Wizards? Uh, yeah no. I mean well let's let's admit you're just you, trying. you're trying to be a friend to all you're being a friend to none
0: just if anything but, uh, you can make more money off those people because like mm, they're so high and mighty and righteous and whatever like just just the warning itself will make them buy those books well yeah
1: it, well I mean it's it's like I said before in the last podcast whenever you make something taboo to me that's where I'm going yeah, because <laughs> I'm I'm gonna check your claims, and again, I'm a dumbass. I will not let you lie with me present. It, if you think your lie is gonna um, go unchallenged, you're you're just in for some disappointment. So it's not gonna happen. Yeah, and but you that's, can be as mad at you'd be mad all you want, but it's not gonna change a thing. And that's that's, that's kind of what I'm going for.
0: That's the case with a lot of things and a lot of people. Like the more you tell them not to do something the the more interesting it it becomes to do it like it's it's it has the opposite effect because I mean if anything you're just piquing their interest you know oh don't do it don't do it because it's it's dangerous and it's bad and okay but that's wrong mister yeah yeah like <laughs> just but why well because i said so
1: that's Fine. it and yeah, yeah. i'll
0: then i'll just find out myself
1: and yeah I'll, do I'll exactly what you forbid me yeah i'll go figure it out you uh stay right there be mad okay
0: i'll be right back <laughs> Yeah. so but, that, uh, that doesn't it,
1: work it's, no it, it doesn't work at all in fact there was um i heard about this when i was probably in junior high it's uh it was from a substitute teacher, and he was like, "Here's, let me tell you, you guys, about an experiment I did for um, my son's uh, birthday party. He he just turned twelve. And I'm there, like, i interested." And uh, he said there was an old couch that they had moved out of his house, and he told he told all the kids that that attended his uh, son's birthday party, "Look, I don't care what y'all do to this couch. Y'all could tear it up. Y'all could burn it up. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Just." There's a bush over there. Don't be spitting in that bush. Okay. Just don't do that. So he kind of watched from from a window and he watched these kids and they were they were going at that couch. And then one of them just kind of like walked over to that bush. He'd look around and then go back there to the couch. (laughs) One by one, every child had spat into that bush. Yeah. (laughs) And he, he didn't do anything. He just wanted to see, you know, does does the warning actually work? And he's like, it doesn't, it doesn't without good reason. Following year, he did something similar and he said, okay, um, you can, you can do this and engage in this kind of behavior. We're going to totally permit this behavior, but don't do this because if you do, this is going to happen. This is what I'll have to do. And it's just going to be a lot of work. So please don't do that. And so one by one, he noticed there'd be a kid kind of go over there, kind of look at you know whatever it was he wanted to fool with, and then just go right back to the couch. So as long as they had a proper explanation based in something real that they could understand, you know the taboo yeah. was understood why you didn't do that, and that, and then they just go back to you know destroying whatever he put out there. Yeah, oh, that makes up,
0: that makes so much more sense.
1: Exactly. You so, said you know if you can explain it logically, then it works. If you do it just because I say so that's where it all falls apart they're gonna they're gonna challenge that they're gonna challenge it Same same way I did when I was a teenager for years I was told this is evil (laughs) this will this will turn you to drugs and uh suicide satanism and uh I think human sacrifice came up or something like that and just
0: ridiculous Stuff like that everybody every, that everybody was scared of during the Satanic Panic easily
1: yeah. easily you know you could easily verify those claims were completely bogus, and that's when that's when I'm like that's completely untrue, and of course w- once you have that once they believe something so hard, you know any kind of challenges to that it's that other thing that fact has to be destroyed it has to be buried otherwise our narrative is not going to survive
0: it's it's that cognic cognitive
1: dissonance dissonance yeah yeah so so yeah so then then like like yeah i took some i took some beatings and things like that all that was designed to get me to stop and as we can see that didn't happen so I won.
0: I mean, hell, we're doing part uh, two. So
1: <laughs> it took a while, but I won. And there are people like right now that went and there are people that went through even worse than what I did. Uh on Twitter just recently, one guy talked about a friend that he knew. Uh he loved to play it. He was he was a very well adjusted kid, very mm-hmm. um, you know. In terms of his academics, he did very well. You know, he was very smart kid. And just then this happened. Clean, This, clean cut this panic. Yeah, This panic happened. And all of his friends were like, oh, shit, dude, we know what your parents are like. Yeah, let us take your books and your character sheets and your dice and everything. We'll hold them for you. And whenever we have a game, when you come over, you can just pick up back where you left off. So Essentially, he's leading this double life, and it went on for so long that it was seriously depressing him. More and more, he ended up eventually committing suicide.
2: Oh man! Now
1: that's worse than what I got. It I will happily take a physical, you know, every day of the week, rather than that psychological abuse he suffered, because he knew if his parents found that stuff, they would take it, they would dispose of it. Or you know, some people had their stuff like, you know, you have you have all your books right here and then all that's taken away and it's thrown into a pile and burned while you watch. That is horrifying. Yeah.
0: And I'm just I'm wondering like what what would have been the um the hardest thing, like keeping it secret? from his parents or just, you know, the, the, the sneaking well, the out and, was, and hoping well, that nobody finds out. Way, you
1: know, he's having to be one way around his family, his church and all that. And then, you know, he could finally be free when he's with his friends. But yeah if parents are starting to limit that time, he can be with them. Now he's, he's able to breathe. He's got less and less breathing room. And eventually that will, that will take over. That will, that will screw up uh, a mind. So Uh,
0: uh, basically dual personality because of double life, because of all the Mm -hmm. the panic that happens, like on the one side, he's this, just this clean cut kid, you know, yes, mom, yes, dad, no mom, no dad. And on the other hand, he's wanting to do everything, and and play the game that's so satanic and forbidden, but that he finds that he gets that, so much joy from.
1: It's and it's such a healthy, natural thing. It if anything, it would have added to his academic achievement because in this, you're doing math. Math is not one of my strong suits, but guess what? I will sit down. I will laser focus until I've learned that you know whatever that formula is that will help me get you know, your character from here to here or make that rule adjustment, you know, I'll, I'll sit there and I'll overcome the distractions and the, uh, you know, about math until I figure it out because it's going to help me with that game. So yeah. if any, you know, there's that, there's the reading, like what parent doesn't want their kid to read. That just, that's goofy to me, just to yeah. me. It, this, all this is just my opinion of it. And I could, be, I could be wrong on a lot of it. I'm going to open the door to that. But whenever you put a child under that, and there's also something that was very popular uh, then and in the 90s, they were called conversion camps. It, it was oh. like, let, let's, let's not think of it as summer camp. This was where, you know, this is where parents really abdicated responsibility and expected yeah. someone else to take up the slack. Uh, this was where kids were sent to pray the gay away and the pray D and D away. Yeah, so, I
0: I saw a video um, discussing that the other day, either on YouTube or on Odyssey, and like so many of those camps weren't even regulated, and and so many, not in many just way,
1: shape, or form. no like, oversight
0: whatsoever. The state or even the the federal government from well, if we're talking U.S like they had no idea what was going on there th- in those camps. Like they know those camps had existed no and they know, they knew like the the tagline, you know, this, this camp is for this because of well, such and such, but like what's oh, actually was- happening on the inside. Like I've, I've heard it described that it's, it's worse than prison. Mm,
1: yeah. And, and the thing was, there was no oversight. So the parents, you know, everything looks great on the brochure. But when you when you finally get word that your child was being made to pull a cart like a horse for miles in the hot sun, and they were being told no water until you say this or do that. Yeah.
0: Oh, hello. Because of just because of, of, a of a, yeah, or just a sexual preference, or you know, just being a a, a troubled teen, or whatever Mm -hmm. it's ah.
1: yeah and what makes it worse is you know now a lot of these kids have been like in some cases irreversibly psychologically damaged and it all it really would have taken is for mom and dad to sit down with the kid and say okay what can you tell us about these books what's going on here and Do you think you could run a game and try to show us what's happening? Uh, Okay, after the game, do you understand that this is just fantasy? These things are not real. Okay, great. There's the healthy baseline. That was so much simpler than spending thousands of dollars turning your kid into a fucking pack mule. You know that was. I have some. You know, and I.
0: I have some personal experience with that as well. Not 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 to that. Extends luckily, but um, I, 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 my teenage years weren't easy, and my parents didn't always know how to, um, how to handle me. So, mm. you know, sometimes, yeah, I did the wrong things, yeah, I, I hung with the, the wrong crowds, you know, seemed, seemed cool back then. And, um, my parents, well, now, you know, in, in our later years I mean I'm 30 my parents are going on 60 uh like we we can talk about those things and we can sit down and just kind of discuss and tell each other that we should have done things differently like we we should have sat down with you and or just you know let, let you explain it to to us and whatever and I mean I'm I'm happy that at least now my parents understand and that we can we can talk about it but like I can't imagine like being well 30 uh, years old and still not being able to talk about it let alone talk about what happened in those in those camps because your parents are so convinced that it was it was good for you the right thing to do yeah
1: when when parents when parents confronted by this fact you know, some of them were like, oh, shit, what the hell did I just do? Yeah. And now now, they, now they've got to make all these, you know, all these, like, gestures to, pro- to repair the bridge between them and their kids. Which is so And hard. then there are those that, that refuse to believe any of it, despite, you know, the, the court cases that came from it, despite all the facts that have been laid out in front of them, cognitive dissonance again. Oh no, what I did was right. This is what they promised me. This is what I got. Well, why is your kid all fucked up, you know? Why why does your kid want nothing to do with you? That's a big question. It's because, you know, you have you have put such a such a distance between the trust that they once had in you and the trust that you think they still should have in you. It's <laughs> like mm, until you sit down yeah. with them and start discussing it, there's no healing that's going to happen.
0: I mean, and as a if as a parent, you don't you do should, it;
1: someone else will. You yeah, know, that's how exactly. These, like as a, parent, kids, they,
0: as a parent, as a parent, you should guide your kids. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, geez, like some okay. of
1: these kids are getting wrapped up in cults, like dare I say it, Scientology now, or or worse. And it's like, okay, I mean, what's well, the di- what's
0: the real difference what, between those kind of cults and the and those camps? Besides that, those cults actually promise you know good things and
1: oh yeah the, the promise you the sun and moon and stars and everything they say comes out of the anus. so
0: but you have to basically go through the same things so you know same things, if, yeah. like it's it's kind of it's still punishment but with a big reward afterwards you know getting taken away on the mothership or illumination of of some kind, or just climbing in the ranks, or or even
1: even if you never get that, what it is now is think of all the good you 're doing for the planet
0: oh God
1: so now yeah. now there's the they 're giving you that virtue now, and now <laughs> you could just. You can see, look, Robin, the virtue signal, you know, it's going to be a case of that.
0: <laughs> yeah, and like since you're, you're broken already and, and used to, well, strict, strict authority, um, you know, punishment included, corporal punishment, even sometimes, you know, you're, it's, it's easy for those cold leaders to just pick you up promise you the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and make you go through the same shit without you even realizing it.
1: That's true. And it's because theirs theirs is more covert, whereas those camps that they were put in was way overt. And those people, now they're like, well, they're not making me run with a fully loaded cart across the desert without water with, you know, making me say things that I really don't believe. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Or something like that and you know this is this is one of those things where i'm looking at a lot of these a lot of these kids these days that are like you know i call i call them the blue-haired woke skulls i'm looking at them and i'm thinking where do you think they got this you know it they did read marx and marx talks about struggle sessions you know you you confess your sins against the system in public and you are ashamed for them and you know similar to Cersei Lannister in Game of Thrones. They just, you know, they chop her hair off and they march her through the streets barefooted until her, the soles of her feet are bleeding and she can barely stand. That's the kind of thing they want. Where do you think they got it? You know, yeah. obviously, if that's not right for them to do it, damn sure wasn't right for you to do. And that's another message. If it wasn't right for them to do it to you, it's not right for you to do it to someone else. It's, it's, it's either wrong... Yeah.
0: Or it's it's, it's, kind of, or not. I mean, I can imagine that for those people, it's kind of like taking revenge, too. Yeah, like you, you did this to me, so now I'm doing it to you because fuck you.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and unfortunately, it, it goes nowhere because eventually, what it leads to is a series of purity tests, and one minor little thing wrong in a purity test immediately gets you cast out and now you're the shame and derision and let me tell you something i purposefully failed purity tests i don't give a fuck about them that's the great (laughs) thing i mean i'm used to being on the outside i'm like i don't care about your purity test dude they'll (laughs) attack their own kind
0: even harder than you know than us you know us us outsiders still bite their own heads off and like then, where we are up, just they hold each other to this purity test way harder than they hold us to this purity test because they know we're we're failing them and you know, people like you, you, like you like you fail them you fail them on purpose. Of course you do because you know yeah, of
1: course. <laughs> and I'll tell I'll tell you there, there's one thing I've learned if I really want to fail a purity test and I just want to get it the fuck over with. There's only one thing I got to pull out and it's it's the elephant in the room. The one thing I, I swore we were going to talk about, and so I'm going to say right now, if you're not ready to hear about this, it, it's time to kind of like either brush forward or turn this thing off because uh, I'm probably going to end up pissing some people off. I'm going to step on some toes. And right it on. is <sighs> this guy.
0: <sighs> Bark. Bark veganists. yeah Uh, yeah. he's he's a controversial figure all right he is
1: a controversial figure but here's the thing here's where i absolutely failed the purity test is i've got the fourth edition too oh man (laughs) (laughs) he even brought up role-playing
0: games uh,
1: yeah yeah he and the thing was uh varg made this and it's you can actually see the like, this is actually uh, like an acronym, and the real title of it is right here. I mean, it's, oh, it's shit, not yeah. really, you know. Oh,
0: dude, I'm only really now seeing that.
1: <laughs> now, I bring this up because um, I'm going to say this it's about 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. It's 10 bucks, it's print on demand, and you can get it on Amazon. I'm going to show you something else I'm going to suggest as an alternative, though, because I think I've shown this before, but I'm not really sure. Uh, you'll spend far less money on something like this, which we'll get back to this.
0: That's, you, to- you talked about that. I know you did. Yeah,
1: I actually started playing it since then, and holy crap, it's fun. It's super oh, cool. addictive, too. But there's there's another one that you can get, and it's even cheaper than that. And it's... um
0: oh it's white box yeah yeah you showed those in the um, in the first the last video yeah yeah yeah, just the image quality is now a lot better
1: (laughs) uh four dollars and 25 cents will get you this one ladies and gentlemen so that that looks epic though yeah it and this is like this is just old school art right here that's why i love i love this cover because it does fully wrap around it has that old school vibe to it oh cool um this one I didn't really like the cover that much, but I read this one the most. This is the one I this is the one I'll actually use. Oh, so you
2: yeah.
1: got uh, some, seen some that. fighters there fighting off some <clears throat> lizard men? Yeah, which is nice. Uh, one of my favorite covers. You can actually get this PDF for free on Drive RPG. It'll have this cover though. And there's nothing wrong with this cover. This cover is absolutely fantastic. It encapsulates everything. Yeah, like your, it encapsulates. Her-
0: your stereotypical really- dragon fighter and like mm-hmm. big scary
1: dragon. Yep, big old red dragon. Um, and just the, uh, like, I mean, look at that artwork. It's, it's definitely old school. Oh, wow. That's detailed it's very detailed it's because old school artists aren't like today's artists old school artists they tend to be very grounded they tend to be very uh traditional yeah they actually they can do the same characters that you have now the difference is they'll do them in a more grounded approach where when you look at that image it's a lot more believable
0: these yeah. days
1: it looks like looks like it needs to be a it's all cartoon with a, yeah, with a lot oh of like God. jump cuts and shit. So
0: that's, that's why I love, I mean, I'm not really part of it, but the, uh, the art community on, um, on minds, like so many different artists, so many different styles and, uh, you know, working in tandem with the the writing community, of course, for the, their covers and uh, comic book writers, like uh Minia, or I don't, I don't even know how you pronounce his name, the Australian dude. Um, you know, he works with a lot of uh, artists on Minds and since Minds, uh, the platform is about, you know, free speech and whatever, it, it'll draw in those more um, old school people because like they can still put their art up and not get shit for it or... Banned for it or whatever because it goes against modern standards. So you'll see a lot of cool stuff.
1: This is an example of what you'll see in second edition advanced advanced d here.
0: Wow, yeah. That's oh man, where has art like that gone?
1: I I don't know, but I, I'll tell you this much: if you really want really good art. You know, you will find that's like so cool. That's
0: that's almost realistic,
1: but just yeah. And that's all. That's all. Brahms' artwork. Brahms' artwork is very stark, but it's oh, also that was dark. Sun. Very grounded. Okay. Oh, yeah, that, was, cool. that was dark. Sun. Oh, <laughs> so epic. you can see they they got a little uh got a little weird with it, but it's fine. You know, that's that's part of the uh that's gotta part it. of it. Dude, um,
0: gotta love the weird people.
1: Yeah, you gotta love it, but like. This uh this book right here, or even its fourth, this is the third edition version that I'm holding up. My phone um, book, okay. Yeah, Miforog, so Mythical Fantasy Miforog, Role Playing okay. Game okay. by uh, Barg. <laughs> the problem is that this is all the art you're gonna get. <laughs> There's not much more in here.
0: Just the cover, so, that's it.
1: Yeah, just the cover, oh. and <laughs> much of it is just text and tables. That so sounds like something
0: Varg would put out.
1: And then you get the occasional like pictures of weapons or something like that. That's mm. all well and good. <laughs> But let's face it, there are, some, there are some issues here that I want to talk about. Um, we can hammer on how racist, like, how absolutely racist Varg
0: is, and that oh. will all be true. He's a nutch job, but you know, uh, I guess even a broken clock is right twice a day.
1: Yeah, I, I was, uh, I actually saw a quote from him that I was looking at, and I went, that that I could actually get behind. And I thought about posting it unattributed and saying, you know, hey, who among my following uh, gets behind <laughs> this? And I'd be willing to bet every one of them, oh yeah, right here. and I'd be like, congratulations, y'all agree with Bard." <laughs> go, Racist motherfuckers. <laughs> Oh, Mr. Placenta. But, um, yeah. Oh, you have a have an obsession with the placenta. So does he. Oh. <laughs> you should read it.
2: <laughs>
1: but like, check the like. Uh, there are some uh, the temple names he gives here. So for for Odin's temple, it's temple of the uh temple of fury. Um. For let's see, Thor. Let, let's go with Thor. Yeah, Thor. Temple of strength. I can kind of get behind that. Sure. Uh, temple temple of Radiance is Tyr.
2: Mm, okay.
1: Uh, temple of Purification is Balder, which I'm like, okay. Temple of Wealth, Norther. Temple of Justice, Forseti. I would kind of think that would go with Tyr. Yeah. That's kind of what Tyr is known for. Yeah. Uh, temple of the Elves is Freyr. And Temple of Love is Freya. I'm like, well, you just kind of pigeonholed her there, didn't you? Hmm. And then he has a he he has a section on the deities. And here we go. Thor, alias the thunderer, is a god of agriculture, firewood. He loads the wood with solar energy. And gravitation, the strength of the earth. He see, blah 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 blah. He is the son of Yorf and Bor. Nah. No. Nope. As a matter of fact, I've got uh, Dr. Carolyn Larrington's Translation of the Poetic Edda right here, which does have a genealogy of the gods. Let's go and look at... There we go. Thor is... So he got half of his parentage right, but he, he really got, is the son of Odin.
0: He got Yorth right for um, I believe, because... He is
1: a son of the earth, son of an earth yes. goddess, son of, son of an earth, uh, an earth, uh, earth, and um, yeah. and uh, and of course, odin himself. Yeah, there's just so like that's just one of about a million examples of parts where I looked at it and I went, "Where the fuck is he getting this?" Like this is a guy who spent 16 years locked up uh he had plenty of time to read and and isn't
0: isn't he like so adamant in like getting all the details right you know you 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 say one thing wrong and he'll make a dozen videos
2: oh yeah sitting in his
0: in his car on his property like why you're wrong (laughs) and how you're wrong
1: or or in a park somewhere just you know, random,
0: yeah. Uh, I mean, and then he he gets it wrong himself. I mean, sure, people make mistakes, but you know, if it's if it's the gods and their lineage, that's pretty that's pretty set in stone. Like there there are many sources talking about that. So,
1: and here's another one: uh Yorth, who is uh, Thor's mother, of course.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. Alias Mother Earth, Queen of the Deities, is a goddess of Earth and Good health, She is also known as Bestla, Frigg, and Sif, but she is married to Tyr. No, Sif
0: is is his wife.
1: Sif is Thor's wife, yes. (laughs) There are entire stories that put Sif and Frigg in two completely separate places. Sif is Thor's wife, Frigg is Odin's wife. It's yeah. like, okay, dude, if your, if your impetus for, if your entire reason for releasing this game is to promote European paganism, which that's his stated goal. And he, it's, it's even stated in that. both of
2: these books
1: that he uses this as a homeschooling uh, tool. If oh. that is his, if that is his uh, goal with this book, I'm going to say it.
0: Not Just based least, on those
1: two examples, it like, falls flat on its ass.
0: Get the lineage right. Get the 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 bonds right. You know, it's. I mean, dude, uh, we're talking. Oh, we're he's... talking Odin and Thor. You know, Vodan and Donar. They're they are the two biggest gods in the pantheon.
1: This this only, uh, uh, Varg this will only cost you about maybe 25 bucks American. Tr- surely you can buy one of these. I've got it bookmarked right here.
0: I mean, we know you have an aversion towards money. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's right there. Surely, it, it, as much as he quotes Havamal and Bolaspa, he does like to quote it out of context. I'm going to say that. But... um Ladies and gentlemen, if you really want to take Varg to task on Mifarog, all you got to do is get, just get your hands on one of those books <laughs> and a copy of, of uh, Carolyn Larrington's Poetic Edda, and it's easily just shot full of holes. You can find them. They're so easy. It yeah. literally took me two days to find so many problems. And here's another problem that I, I really wanted to bring up if I can uh, find this real quick. Um one of the things that uh people love to do in uh D D is they like to make a they like to make a character and suddenly it's uh it's gender this or whatever and I'm like um okay nobody cares because when we're out there trying to hunt down a dragon um Nobody's going to give a crap who you like to fuck. It does not matter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, true. True. It's not that like uh, the you dragon know, gives a shit.
1: You know, that's just how it is. It, it's how it goes. But anyway, let's see. There is, I think it is around here. Where's uh, Thulean, Thule, the land of Thula? Okay. So thulean society that i'm actually looking for right now and that's,
0: that's his rights. That's, that's his take
1: on it yeah. yeah which i'm gonna say this he um he based the land of thula he used it as like a mythical analog for uh norway just norway
0: no, and I've, I've always heard
1: it's more... It's an island, yeah.
0: It's more British. It's more the British islands.
1: So, let's see. The strange lands of Dula. There's Jotunheimer. There's uh the... elf. Nah, I can't... It, Light elf world is what it translates to. Okay. I can't pronounce that right off the top of my head, and I'm not going to butcher it. Because no doubt if if I try there is a, a lady over in Iceland on YouTube named Hrafna and she runs like several videos trying to teach people like me how to actually pronounce some, some oh' of these words. Is,
0: was, is, uh, is she the one that um, when Josh um, wanted to know how to uh, how to pronounce,
1: pronounce save yeah yeah she was one of the ones I brought up yeah yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I know if, if i if I butcher that, she's coming after me.
2: <laughs> not, not
1: in a way that's malicious, but it's going to be a lot of correction. And to be honest, if I have to meet her that way, I would rather it not be face planting. I'm enough of a goddamn nerd.
0: Touche. Touche. So, <laughs>
1: Touché. Touché. <laughs> so well, best to best to not uh, do that. But here we are in... There's personal possessions. There's encounter locations. Why is it I've been able to literally just find this fucking page out of nowhere, and I can't do it now. It's crazy. Um,
0: but I've I've always uh, like uh, Norway and Scandinavia, like close to the pole circle. Uh, from my understanding or my beliefs, that's always been more associated with um, with hyperborea.
1: Now just breaking from that for just a minute definitely hold that thought okay. here we go okay so this happens to fall under the section of justice so the laws in thula are not based on modern understanding of law the roman law but on Legus barbarum the laws of the barbarians uh i.e. the laws of non-roman europe in antiquity punishment is an unknown term in thula the the peoples of thula are too intelligent to come up with or embrace such meaningless and primitive concepts however if you break the laws and rules there will be consequences so okay. uh on some things he gets them right uh when someone is outlawed for example um is, okay so like a murderer must pay compensation 15 ounces of gold to the kin of the dead the fine is doubled if the victim is a woman in addition to that, the murderer becomes an outlaw for one year and one day. You cannot murder an outlaw. You can only kill an outlaw. So he, hmm. he even defines what murder is. Now, that I can understand. That kind of thing. Um, That's, theft and vandalism. The, uh, theft yeah. of a horse and pony. Adultery is outlawed. Uh, the, the, uh, whether male or female, you're outlawed for one year or one day. Mm-hmm. The second commit you the second time you commit it, you are executed. I sacrifice to tear. Unmarried individuals sleeping with married individuals also guilty of adultery. Uh, yeah. cowardice. Cowardice, I, I kinda I kinda understand that one. Then he goes into homosexuality. Oh dear. Here we go. Strap in or everybody strap on your seatbelts. <laughs> yeah, that, don't no strapping on unless it's a watch. You better not be strapping on.
2: But anyway, <laughs> m- males,
1: get ready for this. Males having sexual interaction with other males are executed, sacrificed to tear, mm. and the bodies of the executed homosexuals are not buried normally, but instead are instead thrown into bogs to make sure that these despicable degenerates are never reborn. In societies with a traditional life stance, contemporary close female companionships common when women have lost their husbands but still need support is tolerated but in societies with a religious life stance this is usually looked down upon somewhat although there are no further consequences for them dude someone likes to watch lesbian porn on the internet i'm just saying
0: oh god it's it's that's so typical i mean it's it's, it's like it's even typical man just Man on man? Oh, 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 God, no. Whip, <laughs> woman on woman? Hello. Can I join? Well, enjoy. we don't really
1: have to pay that much attention. There's, no, no, there's, there's nothing going on. Nothing going, nothing going on. Let's <laughs> nothing going on. Nothing going on over there. Uh, I, it's
0: so... It's, no, um, I'm not
1: watching. I am not watching. I'm not peeking at that. No, I'm not. I'm not a despicable degeneracy. No, no, that's,
0: that's, that's degeneracy. It's not done. It's like... <sighs> And not even the, like i would be punished too what's happening? there is so there is so much
1: <laughs> to take Varga apart uh, like not take Varga apart but to take his work apart if you just oh. if you read it you know and the thing is do i recommend this game not no not particularly i mean i can't find anyone to play this with me and i can kind of i understand yeah. why it's but so funny, like, thing.
0: with, with Farkas' whole holier-than-thou attitudes <laughs> and still just doing the typical male thing, like, man on man, oh, ew, yeah. woman on woman. Hmm.
1: Yeah, but but with this particular game, like, I can't really find anyone to play it with me, and those that... Uh, there are people that have told me, you know... It interested them, but they just don't want to give Bard any money. And I'm like, okay, that I completely understand <laughs> sure, because sure. I've read this fucking thing, and guess what? I totally get it. So,
0: if he even gets what the lineages I, wrong, it's just, he's dude. got he's
1: got the lineages of the gods wrong. He's like, he's just made up so much that it's like
0: no. But the the things about the uh, the punishments um, that's. Uh, that's true, because that's also what uh, the Roman general Tacitus um, wrote down Observe about itself, the, yeah, uh, yeah observed and, and wrote down about the, um, about the Germanics, I, I believe, I, I don't know if I actually shared that in the tribe, but there, there is, uh, it is going around on, um, on Telegram in the, uh, the pagan groups. Um, it's it's interesting to read. So I mean at least he got that right, but then he kind of trailed off the path and became just your typical man. hmm
1: And here's uh like he tends to call the Yorknar the Etons, which the etins appear in um even like D, old school DD, and even you know, d today, and the etins are like two. Headed giants. One one head is always going to be the dominant head, and but each head rules a side of the body. So okay. it's like uh not quite uh there. That's... I think he's he's taken some real creative liberties with this.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I should know about giants, like I did two podcasts with Josh about them. So
1: <laughs> right. And and let me tell you, Fortini wouldn't know a hell of a lot about giants the way he studies them. So
0: oh dude, um, he dives head first into so many rabbit holes.
1: <laughs> oh he is yeah he is in that rabbit hole. Um he does have he does have orcs in here. Now that that's common from Beowulf you can read about there where he he references the orcaneus which really translates to evil spirit but you know hmm. Slap them into a big, dumb, lowbrow body
0: and let them. Yeah, just every basic medieval fantasy orc, just dumb beasts.
1: Exactly. But he he does have halflings in here. Um, There's casting spells. But going back to what I said earlier, there's a a section in here where he talks, and I can't find it, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to remember it later. In the interest of time, I'll just kind of spare you on that one. Um, but I'll just kind of give like a, a quick summary. There's a, there's a type of person, uh, a type of being in Mifarag. They're called the Commissions. The Commissions, as he's described them, are, they have fangs, which that, that's his defense. You- and I'll come to that later. Didn't the you talk about that in, are the, known,
0: in the first podcast as well for a bit?
1: Yeah, I kind of briefly touched on it. But yeah. uh, they are they are uh, they're pirates, mm-hmm. they're dishonest merchants, and they typically come from a desert region. And I'm like, okay, Varg, you used Thula as a sort of fantasy analog for Norway it's not exactly a stretch that you made up the commissions to embody Semitic people from that area yeah I yeah. don't care if he goes how many people do you know have fangs well depends on whether I go to New Orleans or not Bart, but <laughs> you know
0: I mean most I if-
1: of them are just dental
0: appliances like if if BLM even gets mad about um, like the depiction of orcs, because, you know, that would represent black people and whatever, even though, uh, like, as we said in the last podcast, like that's pretty racist on their end, even Mm. Uh, like it's, it's not a stretch to like, imagine those pirates as, you know, Semitic people or Phoenicians, you know, going, Mm -hmm. Further back in the uh, in the lineage, but with fangs, like oh, so you added one. Well, they all have
1: fangs now. Uh, They're all vampires. Is that what we're being? They're all bloodsuckers. Is that what we're being told? Uh,
0: Holy
2: shit! I mean, uh, dude, like,
0: like, just sure make it even worse. Go go even further in the in the the conspiracy against those. People, but oh no, it's you know, they're made up and they're mythological creatures, they don't exist. And you know, you're well, anti Semitic for thinking that, but dude, well, that, the way that's you true. describe they, them,
1: the commissions don't really exist that much. I, I can, I can, I could give that, but um, still, <laughs> uh, you, you, you you did kind of one to one analogs. You screwed up the genealogy of the gods. Are you going to tell me those don't exist because that's what you're trying to promote? Oh, that's right. Varg yeah. is the Anton LeVay of European paganism, folks. He does not believe the gods actually exist. He believes we're it, and he believes that all these events like Ragnarok, for example, are like a festival. He believes that, like, I I could get one behind reincarnation. Festival. I could get behind reincarnation. I cannot get behind his brand of reincarnation where the child comes of age at seven years old and then goes into the burial mound of his ancestor and retrieves his ancestor's tools. Didn't you bury your ancestors with those tools for their afterlife? W- which is it? Because if, if that soul goes on <clears throat> to Asgard or it goes to Sesrumia, or or wherever... Does it that soul need its tools? Well, now you got a seven-year-old snot-nosed kid marching into the burial mound to take them.
0: And coming of age at going? seven, like, dude, you gotta be careful with those comments, especially in these days, because uh, you know, that means that or that could yeah. mean things that I don't know if he I, meant I think, that, but it's wanted- it's a dangerous thoughts well yeah.
1: it, it's it's like those people that have the purity tests the goalposts posts are gonna forever move and it's yeah. whatever's convenient to the narrative at the time yeah like, both sides are guilty of it and i could like there are people on the left there that are going oh i cannot imagine agreeing with anything he has to say well if you like the mask yeah. mandates so did he
0: yeah and, and oh
1: didn't it... he loved that <laughs>
0: And, like, with him, everything is a metaphor. Like uh, Odin um, hanging on the seal for, what was it nine nine days? Um, yeah, nine, nine days. nights, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, somehow that was a metaphor for, like, being in the, being in the for womb for nine months. Yeah. And then, then, like, him discovering the, the magic of the runes is him... Like being born or being born born again or something like that. Uh, I I, I read that some time ago and I was like,
1: I I will say this. I do have his paganism explained books. I got them because they were cheap. I just want, I want some point (laughs) to really start and I got them. I I still have them to this day. I've got so many issues with some of the stuff he wrote. Now in that paganism explained series, there's nothing truly racist in there. But it's his take on European paganism that just bugged me. But I will say this. After reading it, when you watch a movie like Conan the Barbarian, you do kind of watch it through a new lens. And it's kind of interesting to do that. But at the same time, are those books I would recommend? Well, I'm going to tell you one thing. I have taken multiple photos of my altar shelf on there, and you don't see them on my altar shelf for a reason. Mm. There's a reason they're not there. There's a reason they're on a bottom shelf, kind of in the corner out yeah. of the way,
0: and it's i mean i i you gotta respect it, the man for all he's he he's tried to do at least, but it's nah. like,
1: wow, how misguided dude,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, you know, like, I can't imagine people like actively listening to him and following him. And
1: I actually did. I actually, I actually like when he was on YouTube. I would, I watched his videos, and I noticed a he, lot of him like he he has never directly answer an a question. I believe he, yeah. Oh well, he's on, he's on Odyssey. He's on Bitshoot, and I've noticed him tap dancing around issues. Now, once they kicked him off of uh, YouTube, well. He doesn't really, t- he, like, even asked a direct question, like, bar are you a white supremacist? He'll tap dance around it, and then you'll hear his opinions in other videos, and you're like, well, it's not that big of a stretch to believe that. No, like, I did I see a video where he called out, I think it was, um, I can't remember what it was, what group it was, but there was a group that was saying they were going to bring national socialism mm-hmm. to Sweden. And he was like, you're stupid. And he detailed all the reasons why, economic, uh, military, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. He's like, there's no way, especially if you become isolationist, you're doomed. Your entire economy will collapse. And he, he picked that entire argument apart. And I was like, "That, that okay, so like you said, a broken yeah. clock is wrong twice a day there was the one time There's the one time I could fully back something he said, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's like, do I go, do I go watching his videos anymore? Not unless he's talking about the, uh, uh about that black metal scene he was in in the nineties. Cause that's really what oh, I'm yeah, kind of I, I yeah. like, uh, that fascinates me. I don't know why, but that fascinates the hell out of me.
0: Because that's more up your alley, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: That's, that music history is what i'm all about yeah but here here i've got his books i've seen his videos and i'm like surely if he's not trolling us then a lot of what he's saying is pretty idiotic
0: you know and that's that's got to be some high level big brain trolling if if that's the case and i don't know yeah, it, it and, just
1: and, it gets really weird. Like super weird some of the stuff he says because I'm like, wait, where are you going with this? <laughs> like seriously, do your kids know you're saying this on the internet for everyone to hear? Do they know? Because uh quite frankly, I'm looking I mean, at it. I'm if like, he's, you're not making much sense.
0: If he's as smart as he thinks he is, he wouldn't let them on the internet. Um <laughs>
1: And here's the thing: I completely, 100%, support anyone's right to say anything they want. That that's fine. But sure. uh, yeah, you're going to be open to criticism. <laughs> and guess what? I I really don't support YouTube kicking them off their platform because at least when he was on YouTube, he wasn't as out there as he is now. Now that he's on the free speech platforms, and you can do nothing about it. Now he's going to say whatever he wants.
2: Yeah, and that's and, one of the things and he I'm does. like.
1: Yeah, I'm like, that's where you've got to be, you know, those calling for censorship, guess what? The internet is vast and infinite. There's no way you can't put the genie back into the bottle. And I'm not supporting what he says. I'm just supporting his right to say it. I also have a right to come back at him and tell him how full of shit he is on some things like the genealogy of the gods, for example. If, um, If you're, and my point with that is if you're going to build yourself a, a game the rule system is fine it is old school ad and second edition in many respects mm-hmm. and that's what initially drew me toward it but at the same time you could do much better and it's not a gaming system i recommend like i said i'm not gonna find i've got two of his books oh great i'm only out 20 bucks for a gaming system what do you do i've spent listen I bought Vampire the Requiem shortly after its release, okay? Mm -hmm. That cost me 35 bucks for one book at the time it was published and released. That book was one I did not mind losing in the move. (laughs) Nobody (laughs) wanted to play that one with me. We stuck the second edition, and we were like, fuck that book. Okay, that book's lore was a disaster. It was a mess, and they tried to retcon stuff. What's that?
0: Where's that Vark?
1: actually right on par with it right on par with it um i talked to another dungeon master and i'm not going to name him because quite frankly i don't want him getting any backlash he's a really good guy Mm -hmm. and like me he ended up buying the frog he actually wrote some supplements for mifarag and i noticed them and i was like hey well is that the game? I think it's for. And he's like, "Yeah." And we had an in this conversation about it. He said in two point mm-hmm. seven, in uh, Mythrock two point seven, which is a little difficult to find now. I'm, I'm not going to be bought. He said that was actually the best version of it, and then in version three, which is what I got, he just completely just wipes away most of the lore. And where oh, that, that's
0: that's that, a shame.
1: Yeah. Well, he does it in one page. He does it in one page, and I'll, I'll tell you this one. It's okay, so that's, weird.
0: That's skill, though. Like, if you're... I mean, gotta applaud the man for that.
1: Yeah, yes. and here it is. This is the one page. He, he obliterated all previous lore. One page. Dude, that's like a leftist meme. Oh, here it is. The world is in perpetual change. Everything in our world is somehow influenced by time, and nothing remains as it is. In Thula, the changes since the last of the fairlings disappeared have been many, but from a cosmic perspective, they have been imperceptible. The lakes and rivers are still there. The deep forests and even many of the trees are still there. The fjords are the same, and the mountains seem to be of the same height and shape. The maelstrom between uh, Andalanga and Tawia is just as strong and dangerous. But everything, and I'm I'm just going to read this, and I'm going to do my bargain person. But everything man-made has changed dramatically. The surviving man has changed as well, but not for the better. Ages ago, the civilization of ancient Thule fell and failed to rise again. Only ruins remain today. Man failed. Thule is now mainly the domain of other species. The few men that survived the fall because they were savages and not as much ruined by civilization as others. And thus they escaped the curse of the gods.
2: Fucking great mark.
1: To, to cut it all short, it basically. Um,
2: great impression,
0: by the like, way.
1: Air, oh, yeah. Oh, It's believed by many that the ancient Thuleans grew too arrogant and too greedy. And in the end, the deities had enough to curse them and their self destructive civilization. You could tell that... he hates anything about modern civilization in here.
0: Yeah. that's It, it kind of. I mean, it reminds me a bit of the story of Atlantis, but then like modern society. Like, and it's my god, it sounds, it really sounds like big brain Fark. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, it's, it, he tries to sound <laughs> so smart. Poof. He tries to sound so clever. And I'm just like, dude, just what uh, the fuck? <laughs> come on, man. <laughs>
1: and here we go this is one of my favorite parts what is known today at least is that the ancient settlements are all haunted by wraiths and many of them too as if every single ancient thulean living there had died and become a wraith and are still there in the ruins haunting them because of this the ancient ruins are absolute no-go zones oh really varg (laughs) and here's the here's the best part so now we've all been wraithified, okay. So all that you all that you built up with your character in 2.7 means absolute fuck all. So now it's all a wraith, but here's the really here's the really big part. From here to here, mm-hmm. no lore.
2: Uh-huh.
1: None. No lore, son. I'm telling you. But- like I looked for it. I looked for it. I was like, where Where's the lore? You know what? What do we have here?
0: Then, and it, then how do you nothing. play
1: it? <laughs> you gotta make it up yourself. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I'm sitting there going, "This is not, not what this is." To me, that is um, how did Nintendo put it? Uh, there was a a guy, oh, uh, one of the heads of Nintendo in Japan. Commented mm-hmm. on a game where it, it's it, the, the game was a pornographic video game and it, said, and it challenges the player not to um, climax, we'll say. Oh, and he said, okay. th- he says, That's just bad game design. <laughs> 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 that is such a. Porn-
2: <laughs> like, oh. Bart, how
1: did you do that? <laughs> oh, I don't even want to know it's uh this is why like i understand why people don't want to play with this one because it's such a poorly like the rule system itself is fine the the lore absolutely just just
0: but can you still call it the game then if it has no lore no no story i mean well
1: that that's where like uh there are adventures that have been published you can get them through like drive through rpg.com or something like that mm-hmm. and you know something you can actually homebrew your own stuff so all that stuff that Varg put in there like the homosexuality if you have no and i'm, I'm gonna kind of come back to this point a little bit later too If you don't like that you can take it out and it's not gonna okay. break the game so you could still play it Still playable, but you're going to have to do a lot of work on your end to kind of flesh this out, and that's why, yeah. that's why like I've been working working on trying to get, you know, something like this, um, Roman gods, Greek gods, um, Celtic gods, mm. things like that, and try to get them into into some kind of like coherent. Uh, try to try to create a coherent world. Greyhorn and I think it's going to have to be broken up because this is so expansive
0: so like a a world with um, like the the European gods and you know north, south, west east, British that's that's interesting because the pantheons and the gods themselves are a lot alike and in, in and, some cases i even say and probably the same even
1: the most villainous of of the of the so-called gods or you know like i do have a copy of the necronomicon up there that i bought because eventually i'm going to work that into my old fantasy game when mm-hmm. you've got the ancient ones the great old ones the old ones and things like that those are even more frightening than I yeah. think anything in the Dungeon and Dungeons and & Dragons Monster Manual could come up with. They, these things are truly... Look, let's just... Uh, one example. Balor. Balor is fucking terrifying. This thing opens its eye and it burns the very air. That is crazy. Like, can That's... you imagine just... Holy right. shit, you're inhaling fire. The very thing you need to breathe to survive—it's burning fire. air. Oh shit! Yeah. That's... So unless you're a fire breather, that you're in for a very bad day. <laughs> I mean, just if you're,
0: if, <laughs> if you have, If a you phys- may as well survive. If you have a physical body, you're just.
1: Oh, you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> over. Yeah. So just I mean, like, one inhale, but Something like uh Nylarhotep from the uh, Lovecraft uh, novels. Well, that's not a that's not a real god mm-hmm. or a real cosmic being. It's still a very terrifying monster to put in front of a, a group of players who have like worked themselves up to trying to stop a ritual being performed. You know, and they yeah. fail. Now this thing comes through, and they got to deal with it before it wrecks everything. Because that's what, those go- that's what those gods from that mythos were. They were cosmos-breaking. And also, something like Ragnarok is so much more terrifying than, say, uh, the Bible's book of Revelations. The Bible's book of Revelations literally concerns itself with us, that little blue speck in the middle of a vast void here. Yeah. But... Ragnarok is truly cosmos breaking. So in my opinion that's something that's like that.
0: events yeah, mm-hmm. spending, yeah.
1: Those cosmic events have bigger implications and on top of that when you have a group let's like one of the ideas I had was um if if this, you know, series of settings does well, what I'd like to do and I'm hoping that others will join in.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, John Torres, uh, the basic expert, we talked about his book Cowpunchers. I've got that one yeah. coming pretty soon. I, I he actually put it up on Lulu, which you can you can get it. Uh, if you like Western RPGs, buddy, this is the one for you. It's rules light. Uh, it's you can get a drive through RPG like right now. It did not take me long to read it. I already got a couple ideas for some characters. I have been, you know, inspired to watch old Clint Eastwood westerns again. Uh, even some John Wayne. And I got to say, I, lo- you know, it, it's not a genre I've always been in love with, but it's one I'm mm-hmm. kind of falling more in love with. You know, that, that, uh, mm-hmm. that gritty old western, you know, cowboy who, you know, well, how fast yeah. are you with that, that gun, Pilgrim? Faster than you'll ever live to be, you know? That kind of thing is just yeah. one of my favorites. It is a savage, brutal setting. <laughs> and I love that kind of thing. Yeah. But um, but uh he's doing a game about the Aztecs. Very Uh-oh. low magic, set in uh set in actual history. So there will be the Aztecs, the Maya, the Spanish, and that will that will all come together. He Uh-oh, is not shit, pulling punches with it. There will be actual human. There will be human sacrifice as a part of the game. If anyone's offended by that, tough shit. That's it, that's, that's what happened in that society. That's history and actual history. Yeah, exactly. He's, and not only that, but John is actually exploring his own heritage. That is kind of the reason I wanted to put these kinds of games out there because I really do want players. Yeah, to I
0: go, remember you, know, you mentioning something like that hmm So like if
1: if you're a player who is uh if you're playing Greyhorn and you're like, you know, I'm from Sierra Leone. I wonder what our folklore was like. You go explore that folklore. You take that that rule setting, which is probably gonna be like a uh, basic expert D, mm-hmm. and then you you take that as a skeleton, you flesh it out with your old thing. Let me know because I wanna see it. I'm gonna be one of the first to see it. If you're if oh. you're a kid for if you're a guy from japan or a lady from japan and you're like i kind of like this feudal J- japanese setting or i want to see what it was like before that setting and you go and you do the research and you put it to there yeah. i want to see it because that should interest me eventually what the one i want to put together will, that's going to be set in modern day is going to be called it's going to be called grayhorn ragnarok and it's going to take and here's here's the mechanic i want to introduce reincarnated characters so that means if you played a berserker in greyhorn or you yeah. played um you played a uh, um, a mayan in john's game or you played mm-hmm. um an ancient samurai warrior you will then play either a dis uh, i i want to call it the descendant system you'll play a descendant or the reincarnation of that You're set, it's set in modern day, so your character is going to have a lot set against it because your ancestral memory will be kind of like disconnected. Yeah. You'll have to get back to that. You'll have to get those skills back. You'll have to kind of get your ancestral memory back to take on this, this worldwide vast conspiracy that is about to summon something very, very unsavory and
0: are, it's are gonna we still talking like, a game or, uh...
1: <laughs> we are still talking a game son. It, it's and this is why this is going to be like pretty even though it's like just a few people who are like wait I'm I'm the guy that jockeys a register at um, at the local supermarket but how am I having these dreams of taking on you know these colossal monsters <gasps> you know Wait, I, I, I'm a receptionist at a dentist's office. What the hell can I do? Well, that's, that's why you need to get those ancestral memories back yeah. because you're about oh, to dude. become a badass. It's going to be a whole group of people. If it's two to five players, then these five characters have been chosen to take this on. All their ancestry has led up to this moment. That's really the goal of Greyhorn. That was. Oh, dude, that, know, sounds, it starts,
0: that sounds epic. Yeah, really and cool. then
1: on top of that on top of that it preserves it, it does the one thing I think role playing games initially were created for besides war gaming it preserves those stories it preserves that folklore and those fairy tales and all yeah. that stuff that we've lost touch with I really want to just put people back in touch with it and say go I look mean, at your ancestry it took so much to get you here why are you not proud of it
0: yeah I mean I I I think that um with the reincarnation game like it, it challenges you this is just how how i how I'm seeing it. It challenges you to think like your uh your ancestors react like your your ancestors would have in whatever specific situation, and you know just being a modern human average Joe. Um, that's that's a hell of a hell of a challenge like first you need to get to know your uh your heritage your lineage and then you know understand it and then try to put yourself in that um in that mindset dude that's that's a hell or of ex- a game that's explore, a, hell of
1: a story explore what they did right what worked you know yeah like i said your ancestors um all of your predecessors, they got you here and it took, they went through some pretty hard times to get you oh, here. Dude, yeah, That's where, it, that's where I think it needs to go. That's, you know, initially I, I wanted to kind of people put people in touch with their ancestry. And I thought that's a little too detailed. I just need to open the door. The door is always going to be those books full of folk tales, full of, yeah. Uh, It doesn't matter what folk tales you read, ladies and gentlemen, if you're, I mean, if you're Polish and you want to explore that, definitely do it. And if you create a game out of it, I want to know, I want to see that shit because that's something to be proud of. And overall, the more, the more of a, of a natural, when we talk, we talk about diversity and inclusion, you Mm you know, let it happen organically and watch the magic just start flying if you're trying to force it or exclude somebody, nothing gets done.
0: Inclusion gets by outwards. exclusion. Yeah. That's, exactly. That's, it's not yeah. how that works. It's
1: hypocritical.
0: Di- yeah. 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 And, and diversity, like just, you know, just take Northern Europe, Northwestern Europe, you know, Netherlands, Germany, Belgium, even the, the British Isles, like just the, the stories that, the, the the gods, the legends, it's diverse enough. You know, even it, it really even is, the yeah. people, like yeah, the your your stereotypical duchy. I mean, hello, it's me, you know, six foot blood hair, blue eyes, but even there are you know differations in. So, you know, we don't need all those people from outside or all the stories from outside to have you know a, a, a diverse um a diverse country or a diverse
1: diverse eh. well th- think okay, of it sorry. this way when you have when you have a cast of characters let's just say you have that that guy who who's been bagging groceries his whole life he can't seem to get out of that rut
2: mm-hmm.
1: um the lady who's a receptionist at the uh at the dentist office. Um, the guy who has to go pick up shopping carts at like uh, a major big box retailer, even the like house right. And so they come from disparate backgrounds. Now they have to come together. And what what's gonna happen is what occurs in nature, where one of them's weak, the other one could step in where you know maybe they're stronger in that area yeah and vice versa so the wizard accompanying the barbarian the barbarian is not going to be good like if this is a completely magical setting that's where the wizard's going to thrive mm-hmm. the barbarian's not going to fare as well but if they have a colossal like the thing to throw the curveball at the wizard will be send this Here, let me borrow you for a minute send this colossal beast <laughs> after him <laughs> I rend him to shreds because we all know that the uh that the wizard is not gonna be the greatest of fighters, so trying to wrangle this big you know monster in <laughs> not exactly gonna have a great time of it. The barbarian though can uh you know take him out with an axe or a sword or something like that, and'
2: yeah, be sure fine.
1: so now the wizard is protected against physical threats where you can protect the barbarian against magical threats and those oh, threats dude. that's where it's like so it's le- like,
0: learn to cooperate as well learn to right. work together so me- build
1: those teams right so where i've got yeah. y- between these fingers these fingers can fill in now we've got something we can work with oh that's dude. that you know one finger by itself is not going to work out so well but when you when you curl all those fingers into a single fist, now you've got something you can work with. Yeah, That's going to be the best thing. And that's exactly where I'm, that's exactly where I'm taking it. So I'm willing to put my money where my mouth is here. You you want diversity? You want inclusion? I've got you covered. I've got you covered naturally. I've got you covered organically. Now let's see see some of the others do the same. I'm really interested to see that. But here's (laughs) like, here's something like like Varg tends to turn a lot of people off and no shit. And again, he based that on second edition AD&D, which was what I grew up on and I love. Let me show you something. This happens in today's edition, fifth edition. Okay. Uh, there are tons, tons of people out there creating stuff for fifth edition. I was just in my local gaming store yesterday.
2: Mm-hmm. I found
1: a green book. Called Neverland. So someone has actually created a Peter Pan uh, scenario using AD and D's or using D and D's uh, Fifth Edition official rule set. No That's way. Pretty cool. Yeah. No shit. Uh, didn't Dude. have enough money to pick it up, but yeah. But uh, this this bad boy. Oh. This was done by Greg Lambert. I mean, that cover, look at that fucking cover. Yo. That looks like something of an 80s movie poster.
0: Oh, hell yeah. This hell thing yeah. is badass.
1: It says, it's one part fantasy novel, one part game handbook. You hold in your hands the ultimate guide to Iris, a realm filled with larger-than-life heroes, fantastical quests, wondrous creatures, and mystical kingdoms inspired by the golden age of fantasy media and role-playing games. Every character and crea- uh, creature in the Chronicles of Iris is part of an interwoven story, a story of heroism and triumph, humility and sorrow. This book contains everything a player needs to craft, a complete folkloric adventure, fully immersed in the saga of Iris and everything a budding game master needs to build an expansive campaign adhering to the lore of the realm. The Chronicles of Iris is a living portal into the nostalgia of RP- RPG history the hopes of bringing the best of fantasies past careening into the present, and here's the. Uh, that's awesome! Oh my gosh, I cannot believe I I opened right to it. He actually has rune lore in here, yo. No way! That's yeah,
2: he's got that's epic, man. He's got
1: rune lore in there. Check out some of that art. That art is beautiful. Oh
0: wow! Yeah. What are those? Like and rats? Those mice? Rat, rat folk. They're rat rat folk.
1: folk. Yeah,
0: I have cool. never once considered
1: playing Rat Folk, but he changed my mind on that. Then you've got stuff like this. That is gorgeous. Oh, that's
0: beautiful. Oh, and
1: man. there was a, and there was a, this is, this is like a, an adventure created for fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons, mm-hmm. but it gets better. It gets so much better.
0: But wait, because there's more. this
1: was a there was this was the supplement for that
0: shadows of patfoot alley, okay, oh adventures in the kingdom of rats, cool, yeah,
1: this was based on um the secret of nim, which i because I watched it because, because of him
0: yeah, that's where my mind went like, i couldn't I cannot think of the name, but that that image yeah. when i when i I saw red folk that's where my my mind went immediately. That's and that's the cool. first
1: time. Like I bought this in digital first. Uh, I bought it like it, he put a sale on it, and I went ahead and bought it. And oh my god, when this came in, I was like super, super happy about it. That but
2: looks when I first awesome. saw this,
1: when I first saw this, I, I actually imagined the scene on on the cover of Shadows of Padfoot Alley. And the scene I came up with was: it, you got a bunch of tired adventurers who have somehow been led there. They have mm-hmm. to duck to get into the door, and you see, like, you see one of like the the human fighter looking around, going, "There's barely anyone bigger than the halfling." And of course, you got
2: that—you
1: <laughs> know, everybody shuts up and looks at the at the at the warrior. And then you got one who gets up with his crutch, and he he spouts into that. You know, you don't know a thing about us. And he's he's raising hell like Judd Hirsch did in Independence Day on the plane. Mm. You know, you don't know, you don't know anything about my David. You'd be dead if it weren't for him, you know. And he's just kind of <laughs> going on like that. I thought that was I was like, okay, that is a compelling scene. I would love to see that in an RPG yeah. of this. This is awesome. But um, yeah, this there are options for fifth edition that will actually make it um just as old school you know, as like basic fantasy RPG, white box, uh, you name it. And of course, there is uh, that white box. That's, ba- that's 1974 d and I'd like mm-hmm. to show you something else that's based on that same thing. Okay. Here we go. And this is a book where you have to ask, bro, do you even lift? Oh, dear.
2: Oh,
0: that's a big one. This <laughs> oh, is a that's, chunky boy. And that's a soft cover.
1: Yeah. I saw the hard cover there and I was like, I was, <laughs> I was like, mm. That's making some Dungeon
0: games crawl classics.
1: Wow. Now I'm gonna tell you this. Dungeon Crawl Classics. You can either play this
2: mm-hmm.
1: and let me tell you this. is seriously intriguing, um, intriguing stuff here.
0: Yeah, oh, that looks that looks epic. Or you can play this. It,
1: up to you. Uh, um, well, I mean, if you spend the thirty-five bucks, and let me tell you, this this book goes for about twenty-five. It, it's not mm-hmm. a, it's not an expensive book. I mean, Jesus, look at what you get with yeah. uh, this book, and I'll show you just some of the artwork in here. Let me just uh, find a little that's more of a splash page here. But uh, if you choose to play this Yeah, they've got some uh, old school art in here too.
0: Oh wow, uh, yeah man.
1: Very very cool stuff. Oh uh, yeah. You are getting like this uh style oh, yeah.
0: art. That's old school, right? Yeah. And, and
1: and get this. Uh 35 bucks will get you this. Mm-hmm. It'll get you this. This is this is the length of an adventure. Okay. So you're getting a Doom of the Savage Kings here. That's creepy. You get a GM screen, which is I'm going to tell you this. Most GM screens they give you it's <laughs> like cereal box cardboard. Yeah. The GM screen is like like hardcover oh. book type cardboard. It's it's, wow. it's a hefty a hefty thing. Um, you get all that in PDF and mm-hmm. you get the uh the dice for it now oh i know I know some people are like, "Oh, I've already got dice," and then just buy the book
2: mm-hmm.
1: dumb fucking thing to do
2: okay
1: <laughs> I'm also, the dice in fact the dice alone if you have to go back for them, that'll cost you about thirty five thirty three bucks by by itself one tube of this. But I guarantee you, you don't have all the dice you need because uh, that's a 24-sider right there. Whoa. Nobody has a 24-sider. Uh, I guarantee you, nobody has a 30-sider either. A <laughs> 30-sider? Okay. Yep. Uh, I kind of like their 4-sider a little more. I, I do like this one. Oh, yeah. It, it, it rolls a little better. Um, what else? Oh, Yeah. That's a three-sided die. A three?
2: <laughs> three, does... yeah. You
1: notice how it has three yeah. both sides, two two times, and one two times as well. You're rolling a 1d3, that's it. So you're rolling just a 1d6 a... and just chopping it in half. So Oh, my goodness. Okay,
0: <laughs> six-sided die, but it's a three. Okay.
1: It, it's, it's part of what they call the dice chain. And the dice chain itself uh, is kind of part of a fun little mechanic, and that mechanic is that uh, your your spell. Let's just say you're casting enlarge on the barbarian. This is I'm, I'm actually citing something that actually happened in a game. Okay, you're just trying to enlarge him to make him like you know Hulk smash yeah sure. cuz you got a swarm you got a swarm of uh, axe wielding goblins and spear chunking goblins coming at you well you need uh, you need a little more protection so we're going to cast enlarge on him we're going to make him even bigger so now you know only you you roll a natural 20 and that means that when you roll this 20 sided die that is what's sticking up okay well there's where it's going to have some unintended consequences cuz now he's going to grow into an twenty four foot tall colossus. It just Oh boy. (sniffs) You know. (laughs) And then just for giggles, he's gonna scoop the entire party up into his hand and carry you to the end of the of the maze and just put you down. You know.
0: Oh, saves you so so a lot of time and a lot of trouble.
1: Yeah, meanwhile, he's he's doing the Bruce Campbell London Bridge is falling down, you know, <laughs> stomping, <laughs> stomping panicked orcs and goblins oh. like the racist he is. And
0: uh, <laughs> yeah, of course. So, oh. yes,
1: things can go horribly. Like the magic system is just weird. So, that's what I, yeah. I, I kind of like that level of weirdness. And I was like, that's intriguing. And for only 35 bucks I get all that. Well, you know, fuck it, sign me up. But 24? it gets better. Wow. <laughs> so this is the insert. This is what was in the tube here. Yeah. Now, if you look right here. Oof. Yeah. Got some text there. So this is uh Khan's sang Sliver. Legend holds it that Sezra Khan, the old, created this magic item to taunt a demanding henchman. The sliver, also known as, as a spike or shank, highlights the sorcerer's cruel and maddening sense of humor. At once, both a trivial token and a weapon of terrifying potential, the sliver is only as deadly as its wielder's luck or determination allows. And basically, this is a magic item that you could put into the game. So dude the the little insert i
0: I can remember something about that like either you you mentioned it or whatever but that's that's cool like just (laughs) the 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 insert of of the dice tube see this is why i this is why i wish i was like more into you know into these these kind of games because it's it's so it's so cool, and the artwork is just it's very traditional, very old school, and so well done. Well, let me and,
1: let me let me put it to you this way: these days, what do you pay? What do you pay for a brand new video game off the shelf?
0: Oh, d- double what you paid for that. I mean, even when I was still living at home, like my uh, my younger brother is a um a fanatic gamer i mean he he was worse uh he still he still likes the game but even then and i'm talking geez i moved out like 10 years ago let's say i'm, I'm talking 15 years ago um euros of course you'd pay uh, 40 let's say 50 euros for a a brand new um a title game when it just came out, I believe now you're you're paying like fifty bucks pre-sale, like for the I, for the for the beta, and then like just another yeah, thirty bucks I on reserved, top of it for the actual game.
1: I reserved, and I'm I'm ashamed to admit this. I reserved WWE 2K20
2: <laughs>
1: for the and the deluxe edition. I got oh, the deluxe yeah. edition, of course. It cost me like almost a hundred bucks.
0: That's just for the reservation. And, that's that's not even the actual oh, no, I, I
1: I paid the whole thing off. So they were reserving that copy for me. All I had to do was show up with the receipt and they would hand it to me.
0: Yeah. That but that's, was the game was that's, that's what I'm saying. Like it's a hundred bucks for, you know, the promise of the game, it's not even you the, don't the even have the, the physical copy or just the file.
1: I had and I do have that. I still have that physical copy. I just I quit playing it because there were so many bugs. Oh, was, like
0: that, there was, was that the one the, just the, the riddled Cthulhu with bugs? Hair. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah.
1: I've seen, I've seen I so got <laughs> it because they put China. I I went ahead and reserved it because they put China in it. Finally, and I was like, Oh yeah, I loved That's, her.
0: I mean I, for. For WWE, that's quite controversial to like yeah, acknowledge. And the her. thing
1: is, and the thing is, ladies, if you're watching this, uh, you don't know what China did. She was the first and only ever female intercontinental champion. She she smashed glass ceilings before it was a cool thing to do. Oh, dude, and she
0: was huge. She was the,
1: just she deserves a singular Hall of Fame induction, in my opinion. Yeah because of all the work she did unfortunately there were just some things that went wrong they could not get a new deal negotiated with her she was out i and a lot of that was triple h and stephanie just gonna put that out there because yeah i mean triple h and her were together then he cheated on her with stephanie that that's uh, yeah history. yeah
0: in the the yeah. dx times yeah
1: yep now she got in with DX, but she still deserves one all her own. I mean, point blank, it needs to happen.
0: Yeah. I mean she but, she did more for women's wrestling, like together with uh, with women like Beth Phoenix, for example, than Stephanie McMahon has ever done with the whole women's revolution. It's,
1: yeah, I mean, well, China China opened that door. She really opened that door. If
2: if she not for was... her,
1: we wouldn't have had the divas, we wouldn't have the uh, women's division, we wouldn't have any of that. Yeah, I mean, it, and the women's division did exist, but not the way it does now. So, um, without her, just like
0: n- nightgown matches, bikini matches, oh yeah. and just basic, I used to think they were so cool, just soft court porn, but in a wrestling <laughs> ring,
1: <laughs> Florida. But here's the thing for 35 bucks, um and I didn't show you everything that came with it. I mean, there were like two like -like, newspaper-like publications that came with this set. I didn't get to show you the uh, DM screen, but once you have that book and that set of dice, Mm -hmm. then these little adventures cost you about 10 bucks. And if you're the, if you're the GM that uh, just does not have time to homebrew something, these things are invaluable. I mean, 10 bucks per it's not bad. They're just little books. They're so, not going to take up a lot of space. So if let's they're...
0: say everything together you're paying what 55, 60 with shipping. Um, oh no, no, no. You
1: it, it, okay, with shipping it'll cost you close to about 50 bucks. But consider this, if you buy the player's handbook from Wizards of the Coast at your mm-hmm. friendly local gaming store, you're paying 50 bucks for that one book. And that's all you get with this one you get so much more yeah. yes There's something else i found last night which we talked about mutant crawl classics and this is whereas uh whereas dcc is basically 1974 D with a bit of a gonzo edge mm-hmm. mutant crawl classics is gamma world with that crazy insane edge but the book is actually a bit smaller than than that that chunky core rule book i just showed <laughs> yeah. you yeah uh you, you still get you, and here's the thing 30 bucks mm-hmm. so close to 40 when you're all said and done with shipping okay, you still sure. get that book you get an adventure you get the uh dm screen you still get the two publications and you still get get a tube of dice. So guess what? I got another one of these tubes coming toward me. I'm like,
2: yeah, but
1: I love these
0: things. 40 bucks, everything shipping, shipping included. That's for something you'll, you'll have way more fun with longer fun with, because yeah. like the games nowadays, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing, well, a whole lot of complaints and very little compliments. And they, they released the game like half finished and the rest is DLC. You know, it's for production. Yeah. And then you know, a bug fix here and a bug fix there. And like, oh, but you know, oh, you want th- you want this? I mean, we were kinda we were gonna put it in the game, but now it's a DLC and it's gonna cost you another 20 bucks.
1: Well, think about it this way. Here you get a complete game. There mm-hmm. is, and there are adventures here in the back. So you can, like this one, um, I'll almost pronounce it. Uh, oh, it, it girls Maze. This is a level two adventure. It's right here in the back of the book.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So you already get an adventure here. But here's the thing: if you think of that as the game that you bought and you put into your console this is the downloadable content right here these are the expansions you're already used to that kind of thing and they're only 10 bucks but you actually get something physical with that rather than um, rather than you know all this other stuff plus people are releasing stuff I know uh, DCC or Goodman Games rather Goodman Games who created both DCC and MCC Mm -hmm. uh, they actually went back and they took old D&D adventures, like Into the Borderlands, The Temple of Elemental Evil, the stuff from like the 1970s and yeah. uh, 80s. And they've reworked them. So now oh. you can buy those for 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons, or you can buy them for Dungeon Crawl Classics. I personally backed a Kickstarter for, I think it was, um, I'm trying to think of it right now, um, The Dark Tower, the Dark Tower, which um oh. has a real Egyptian theme to it, and you have to battle uh the Isn't Sons it? of Set. And it is
0: look Aren't those they, like are those connected to the uh the Stephen King books?
1: No, no, the, this is this is That's, something, uh, something else. If no, okay. that
0: comes out,
1: if that comes out, I've already kind of thought of homebrewing something for cow punchers that way. So, <laughs> Nothing I'd oh, like that, more be that would, than being, that would um, fit you know that would fit being,
0: definitely. being a
1: gunslinger in that in that fantasy world it's so yeah. cool, yeah, and interacting with the modern world too it'd be really a, and those books are so intricate, ladies and gentlemen, if you want like a what a d and d campaign looks like, read those books, they are awesome yeah oh, well this
0: this makes me want to start reading them again i i believe i started started in part two but never finished it but damn i should
1: yeah i i uh i started at book i got to book three i no, i got to book four and i couldn't really follow it so i stopped Mm. but uh yeah this was one of the uh this is one of the greatest books series like i got it an audiobook and listened to it and i started getting it and i was like oh this is about roland's past okay so now we've yeah. got something really cool we got it we got a little bit of fleshing out of his backstory it made it so much more interesting and there there was a whole lot of references i didn't get at first mm-hmm. but then when it when when you get through with wizard and glass it just takes off and you're like whoa holy shit and it's it's absolutely amazing
0: Ladies and gentlemen, sorry for the interruption, but I am cutting it here for now. This podcast is over three hours, close to four hours even. So that's why I am cutting it here. I thank you all for listening. Stay tuned for part two that will be uploaded as a separate podcast. In the meantime, um, join us. ...in the tribe of the Greyhorn Pagans... ...which you can find on t.me slash Greyhorn Pagans. You can find us on Minds under Greyhorn Pagans. We are also on Odyssey, on our Odyssey channel. You can find the full podcasts, um, reposts of the videos and the content of our members. You can find there the full series on tarot tarot and oracle cards and the history of it and the use of it which Raven has done for us so I thank you all I will be posting the important links in the description including the Greyhorn Pagan's link tree since we are on so many places now I thought it would be handy to get a link tree so thank you all stay tuned Part 2 is coming up.